Welcome to the Trademark Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to hear our message today. Another thing we would love is for you to join us in person, whether that's live, online, or if you're local to DFW, come visit our location in Fort Worth, Texas. For service times, location, and everything you need to know, visit trademark.church. We hope today's message encourages you and helps you live a more fulfilling life in Jesus. You know, there was a great poet in the 90s, a very famous poet in the 90s who made um, uh, a famous statement. He said, only God can judge me. Now, I think there is tremendous accuracy in his statement. You see, God is the only one who is fit to judge. When we judge other people, we sit in a seat that we are not suited to sit on. You see, because to be judged, to sit in the seat of judgment also means that you must hand out sentence. And to hand out sentence means that you must also fully understand justice. And to fully understand justice you must be fully righteous. And to be fully righteous, you must be sinless. And so I think Tupac had it right. Only God can judge. God is the only one who is suited to sit on the seat of judgment. What I think Tupac may have failed to understand is that not only can God judge, God will judge. And God will judge you and I at the measure, at the weight in which you and I judge others. That's pretty sobering. I'm going to be judged by God by the same standard I use to judge other people. You're going to be judged by God by the same weight and standard that you judge other people. And we don't like to talk about God's judgment because that's not something that fills churches and makes people feel really good when they leave. But we can't talk about the love of God. We can't talk about the righteousness of God. We can't talk about the holiness of God without talking about the judgment of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should believe with the fullness of your heart that one day you will cross from this life into the next and you will stand before a holy God. And you will quake with fear. There's a judgment seat in which we will stand before and we will give an account. The Bible says we will give an account for every faulty word that we have said. But thanks be to God for Jesus. Because in that moment, we may stand before God as a follower of Christ and tremble because of his amazing holiness. But if you have lived your life for Christ, 
If you have walked as a disciple of Jesus, not perfectly, but to the best of your ability and reliance upon the Holy Spirit, you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But what Jesus is telling us is to be careful about how we judge the other people around us. And we're going to dive into it a little bit because I don't know about you. If I'm going to be judged by God based on the standard that I judge others, I want to keep the bar of judgment in my life really low and the bar of grace ridiculously high. And I want to encourage you as a follower of Christ to live your life that way, to live your life with the bar of judgment toward the people that you interact with, to the people that you're around, to the people that, that you do life with, to the other Christians that you, you encounter, to the lost people of the world, keep the judgment bar low and keep the grace bar really high. There's an amazing book called What's So Amazing About Grace. The author's Philip Yancey. And at the beginning, he tells this story of a woman who um, is uh, is caught up in drugs and uh, she is um, um, doing some pretty terrible things. In fact, she's been using her child. And she pleads for some help. I need some help. And she's referred to the church down the street. And her immediate response is, why would I go there? I already feel bad enough about myself. Man, that should not be the way people view the people of God. That should be the last thing that people think about when they view the people of God and his beautiful church. This should be a beacon of hope for people. This should be the place that when people are referred to, they're like, I can get help there. I know that people will be there for me. I know that people will pray for me. I know that people will embrace me. I know that people will be for me. And I believe that Jesus is emphasizing in this direction to his followers, those that have chosen to follow him. He's emphasizing, listen, as a Christian, as my follower, we will operate differently from the world. The world is full of judgment. The world is full of condemnation. The world is full of people ready to put people down. We will be different. I don't know if you've been with us the entire series, but all through the Sermon on the Mount, the emphasis is Jesus calling out a people to live noticeably different. Christians should be the most noticeably different people when it comes to judgment and grace. We should operate totally different than the rest of the world. Now, when Jesus is talking about judgment, he gives us this visual. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And then he calls out hypocrisy. He says, first, take the plank out of your own eye Then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, there's some humor in this. Jesus is using humor. If you didn't know it, Jesus is funny. Like if you if you if you actually read the original language and understand the time and some of the sayings, Jesus is like a stand up comedian. He's always cracking jokes. And so like we need more humor in our lives as Christians. 
Jesus is painting this picture and it's a ridiculous picture, right? I would equate it to this for us in modern day time. Jesus was a carpenter, so he's used to dealing with wood, sawdust everywhere and putting things together and building things. And, you know, I would equate it to this. I have a really good eye doctor. He actually comes to our church and uh, Dr. Danny. So if you, if you need to get your eyes checked out, go to iWorks off of Hewland Street there. Dr. Danny, man, he's the man. He's the best doctor. He's fantastic. But like if Danny walked into like the room at my eye exam and like he had like a blindfold on or something. And I was like, Danny, you know, I got like the other day, you know, anybody wear contacts? Man, that was the hardest thing for me to get over is like putting these things in my eyeball. And the other day, I don't know how it happened, but I was wrestling with Nixon on the floor. I was playing and all of a sudden I'm like, what is going on? It's like my contact dried out or something. It was like stuck up in my eyelid. And I was like starting to panic, <laughs> trying to like look at my phone. I'm like, got to call Danny, got to get in there. But if I went into his office, I eventually got it out, did my own eye surgery. It's great. But if I would have gone into his office and he would have walked in blindfolded and said, hey, let me get that thing out. I'd have been like, nah, nah like somebody else, right? Jesus is painting this kind of comical scenario and saying, this is how you guys operate sometimes. You have these massive issues in your own life. You have these things that are going on. You have this stuff that you haven't dealt with or addressed or worked on or figured out or moved past. And you want to say, let me help you with that. Anybody ever encounter somebody like that? They want to offer you all the advice and all the help. And then you see their life and you're like, man, they're more messed up than I am. I don't want advice from them on marriage. I don't want advice from them on finances. I don't want, they got a plank in their eye. So the next time somebody offers you advice and they got this totally messed up life, just be like, man, take the plank out. Or you say this, get the plank out of here. Save that. That's kind of the comedy that Jesus is depicting. It's ridiculous. No one would say, hey, do eye surgery on me while you've got this big thing in your own eye. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, you got to take care of some of the stuff you deal with so that you can help people with the stuff that they deal with. He's emphasizing this, and I want you to write this down. It's an important part of what we need to understand as Christians. Christianity isn't about judging others. It's about helping others. There's a lot of things that Christianity is about. It's about bringing glory to God. It's about honoring him and glorifying him and living a life of morality and obedience. But it's also about helping other people. It's not about casting judgment and condemnation on the people that are around us. It's about helping them. You see, Jesus isn't saying, though, he's not saying turn a blind eye to sin. He's not saying turn a blind eye to the issues that, that people have in their lives. He isn't saying we just ignore those things. What he is saying, though, is we have to get the plank out of our own eye. We have to deal with the issues in our own lives. We have to get some of these things figured out and fixed in our lives so that we can help people fix the issues in their lives. This doesn't mean we have to become perfect to help people. But what it means is that as, as we reach new levels of glory, if you will, 
As we journey a little bit further in this relationship with Jesus and we begin to grasp things, we begin to overcome things. Because listen, I don't know what your journey's been like. I'm not the same person now that I was five years ago. I'm not the same person now that I was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I've said this several times. This journey of following Jesus is a journey of growth. We should be getting better. We should be overcoming things in our lives. And so what Jesus is saying is, listen, as you overcome, as you get something out of your eyes, you overcome a temptation or you get a handle on a sin or you break a habit, as you begin to grow from one degree of glory to the next, as you begin to see progress happen in your lives, what you don't do is turn around and start to cast condemnation on people that aren't as far along as you. What you do on this journey is that as you get better, as you become more like me is what Jesus is saying, what you do is you turn around and you help bring people along. Ah, I see you're struggling with that. It's not condemning. It's not hypocritical. It's saying I can help because I've been there, brother. I can help because I've been there, sister. I can help. I didn't get here because I'm so good. I got here because God's so good. And listen, let's go hand in hand and let's journey along together and let me help you get to the next level of glory that God wants to take you to. That's what Jesus is emphasizing and talking about because in Jesus' day, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and I don't think that it's that far different today than it was then. They had all the religious stuff together. They looked the part, right? That's what hypocrisy means. It's, it's play acting. It's wearing a mask. It's putting on a performance. But yet they would look at people who struggled with things or who didn't read their Bible as much or who wrestled with temptations and sins and instead of saying, let me help you get closer to God, they would cast judgment and condemnation upon them. And Jesus is saying, you're a hypocrite. The kingdom of God is about helping people, not judging them. You know, when you look at those that struggle with substance addiction, alcohol, narcotics, it's quite amazing to me when I've met somebody that's lived in recovery for a length of time. Seldom have I ever met anyone who has come out of addiction to drugs or alcohol that then turns around and casts condemnation on other people struggling with those same things. What I've seen over and over again in this amazing system, especially with AA that's been set up, is that it's as you get better, you help other people get better. And as you help other people get better, you continue to get better. That's not an AA principle. That's a kingdom principle. So as Christians, listen, it doesn't matter what it is. As you get better, the goal is to help other people get better. And as you're serving and helping other people get better, you know what happens? You continue to get better. And guess who gets the glory? God. So Jesus is saying, listen, we don't judge. We help people.
And when we don't operate that way, what Jesus is saying is you're not stacking the weights in your favor. If you don't look back with grace and compassion, if you do not begin to help people and you begin to start to judge people, you're stacking the weight of judgment against yourself. There's so much about this Christian journey that we are in control of. Did you know that? Sometimes I think we, we, we surrender our lives to Jesus and then we just think magically God's just gonna go like, Whoof, there you go, perfection. Not like there's work involved in this. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, hey, I'm, I'm gonna put a ball in your court. When you stand before God someday, the level in which he's gonna judge you is going to be up to you. And so what I'm encouraging you to do is to help people, help them grow, help them find the light, help them advance, help them along the way. And in doing so, when you show grace and compassion, God's going to show grace and compassion to you. And the reason that we're so unfit to judge people in reality is because we just don't know people's hearts. Like we don't. We, 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 we can do a lot of great things as people. We can. It's, a, it's amazing to me what God has enabled us to do. But we will never be able to read people's hearts. We'll never be able to understand all that's going on within them. And it's the reason that God is suited to judge because he knows hearts, he knows minds, he knows intent, he knows background, he knows family origin, he knows all of it. And so I really believe if you were to pull the layers back on this and we could sit up here with Jesus and dissect this conversation to a deeper degree, I think what we would end up un uncovering is this, like, listen, when you see other human beings, you don't always know the whole story. You don't know all the whole story. When you see that mom with three kids whose government card's not working in the grocery store line and you're annoyed because you just want to get on with your day and you begin to cast judgment in your mind, brother, sister, you don't know the whole story. But God does. You just look at the book of John where these religious leaders bring this woman and they throw her before Jesus. She's been caught in the act of adultery. It's one of the most grace-filled portions of scripture that we have. And this woman, embarrassed, humiliated. And what has she met with in Jesus? Grace. You know why? Jesus knows the whole story. Jesus knows the whole story. We don't know even all of each other's stories in this room. We don't know the story of the person who was rude to us as our, our way. We don't know. And because we don't know, we have to err on the side of grace. Saying, I don't know what their day's been like. I don't know what their life's been like. I don't know what their marriage is like. I don't know what struggles they have, what demons they're fighting, what historical background they have that has caused issues and pain because most people don't arrive at a place just as a terrible human being. Usually terrible things have happened to them on the journey. Uncontrollable situations and circumstances. 
Now, at the end of the day, we are responsible for ourselves. I'm not giving a pass to people who don't um, uh, work on becoming better. But what I am saying is it's not our job to judge them if they aren't. It's our job to give grace in the process of it all. And I've discovered in my life that the more grace I give, the happier a person I am. And so today I, I just want to give some practical things for us as Christians uh, that hopefully will help us just to develop a non-judgmental approach to our interaction with other people. That when we leave this place, when we go to work, when we go back out into our lives, when we, when we operate on the day-to-day with, with other people as we get ready for election time, that as Christians, we carry ourselves different. And so how do we become non-judgmental people? Because listen, the true test of Christianity is not just in what we know It's in how we live in response to God and other people. That's the test of Christianity. It's not how many verses you know or what your church attendance is. The true test of Christianity is how you as a person respond to God and respond to other people. So how can we become more non-judgmental in our lives? Well, one, I would say this. Accept a realistic view of yourself. Accept a realistic view of yourself. You know, the reality is, is sometimes we think that we're better than we actually are. Anybody guilty? Anybody want to confess in church? You've been guilty of that, right? We all have. We, we, we tend to look at ourselves in the mirror and give ourselves a whole lot of grace that we don't give to other people. And so I would say, have a realistic view of yourself. Here is a realistic view of all of us. Listen, we're sinners saved by grace. Like you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Like we all have sin. We're fallen people at the core of our humanity. No matter what society and culture tells you, we aren't good. We aren't good. There's a brokenness That sin is caused in the core of who we are as people. And the sooner you can accept that, humbly know that, listen, I am a sinner that is in need of a savior. I need something outside of myself to help myself. And until you get to that point, I don't know if you'll truly be able to keep from judging other people because It's just by human nature that we want to make ourselves better than others. So we have to have a realistic view of ourselves. Romans chapter 12, verse three says this, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think, this is Paul just preaching to us. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Sober judgment. Paul's saying, judge yourself before you judge anyone else. Look in the mirror and say, what do I need to work on? 
What planks do I have in my eye? What are the sin in the, the issues of my life that I need to deal with? And maybe by the grace of God, as you overcome those things, I love what my dad always says. He, you can take your misery and you can turn it into a ministry. God can use your pain and your struggle because God wastes nothing if you allow him to use it. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So begin to develop a realistic view of yourself. Secondly, I would say, we got to learn as Christians, especially I believe in this era of time that we live in, we've got to learn to listen and dialogue with people. And this is just practical stuff. We got to listen and dialogue with people. And I say learn because for a lot of us, this isn't a natural behavior. We want to tell people how we're right on things, right? Most of us have convinced ourselves that we know everything that we need to know. And if everybody would just conform to the way that we think and operate, the world would be a better place. I mean, I, I am right about everything, but you know, the rest of you need help in this area. I'm just kidding. We got to listen to dialogue with people, to hear them out, even people that we don't agree with. It's interesting to me, it's, and I don't know what it is, but we, we tend to get so worked up when people have a different view than we have, right? And I'm not saying you compromise your, your, your beliefs. I'm not saying that you compromise scripture. I'm not saying any of that, but you can still stand firm on what you believe and your values and, and what you believe biblically. You can stand firm on all of that and still have healthy conversation with people. I know it feels impossible right now in the era that we live in to do that. And there are some people that are impossible. And so that's what Jesus is saying. There's that one line at the end of this portion of scripture where Jesus says, don't give holy things to dogs and don't cast your pearls before swine. What Jesus is saying is, listen, even with all of this, don't judge, but there are going to be some people you just aren't going to be able to get progress with. So don't waste your time. That's what he's saying. Don't waste your time. Don't take holy and sacred things and try to give them to people who have a total hatred for the things of God and have no interest in common communication. Don't waste your time with that. Don't get caught up in, in arguments. Don't get caught up in comment wars on Facebook or whatever it is. Like, just don't cast your pearls before swine. Jesus isn't calling people dogs and pigs. He's just using a visual. Learn to listen in dialogue with people. James chapter 1, 19 through 21 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So listen to this. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. 
and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. What's more important, being right on something that you believe in or not casting judgment the way Jesus has commanded? Be slow to speak, slow to get angry, quick to listen. We gotta learn the art of conversation and dialogue with people because you'll win people over and you'll develop strong relationships. And when you begin to leave the door of dialogue open with other human beings, especially those that don't agree with you, what it does is it leaves the door open for the gospel to come in. If the door is closed because of our judgment or our condemnation upon other people, it closes out the power of God to be able to do something in their lives because if we as Christians do not represent God well, it puts a bad taste about who God is in people's mouths and they become more closed off to ever knowing him or experiencing him. There is a heavy weight that we should carry as followers of Christ and how we represent Jesus to the world around us. Doesn't mean that we don't draw lines in the sand and we make his word our firm foundation, but we can do all of that with grace and conversation and listening and dialoguing. You, you, you'll find a lot out about people if you'll just listen to them. There was a season of my life where I just worked in a, um, not, a not a tough environment, it was just a, a, a the people that I worked with uh, were immoral in, in a lot of ways in their lifestyles and the decisions that, that they made. And um, I was a minority in many ways in this work environment that I was in. But what I realized is I engaged some of these, these people in, in my workplace at that season of my life. It was, um, it was an uncomfortable interaction but to sit down and to have lunch and to simply hear about these people's lives and to hear about, I don't know, they just must've felt safe with me, but they would share, maybe overly share about, and you just, found, you just find out that life hurts people. Like it does. Life messes people up. And we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be goodness to people's lives. And so if we don't listen and we don't dialogue with people, we're never going to get to be salt and light to them. And so I don't know who that is for you or what environment that you might find yourself in where that needs to be something that you adopt. But if we want to become non-judgmental people, listen to people, have conversations with people. And lastly, as I call the band up, as we get ready to close Remember the significance of the cross. As a Christian, never forget the significance of the cross. Never forget the significance of the cross. You know, it's easy as you journey as a Christian to forget the power of the cross, to forget the why behind the cross. Why is there a cross? 
Because God's judgment fell upon Jesus and not us. And when you look at the cross, it should be a reminder to us all that at the foot of the cross is level ground. Everyone's sins are equal at the foot of the cross. It's the great equalizer of life. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. If your sins are big or your sins are small, at the foot of the cross, Jesus died for it all. And so as you look at other human beings, as you interact with people in your life, you got to remember the cross because Jesus died for them just like he died for you. It's the beauty of the cross. Beauty of the cross. And again, I know it's easy if you've been journeying for a while to sometimes forget to forget the significance of the cross. Man, if it wasn't for that cross, where would I be? You know, the old hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That amazing grace is a cross. It's stretched out hands. It's a pierced side. It's a crown of thorns. It's the cross. That is grace. A visual of God's grace because he loved the world so much that he would rather place all of the judgment and condemnation on his own son than on the people that he created. And so when you feel that judgment welling up in you toward another person, just be reminded of the cross. Be reminded that Jesus died for them just like he died for you. They may not know that, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. Romans tells us, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we got it figured out, not when we had made progress, not when we had taken the planks out of all of our eyes, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love how the message translation says this. It says, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. Nothing we could bring before him. No amount of goodness, no amount of righteousness. All we have before God are dirty rags. We're of no use. Yeah, God loved us enough to redeem us and to reclaim us. And so you want to be a non-judgmental person? Accept the realistic view of yourself. Learn to listen and dialogue with people and remember the significance of the cross. Thanks for listening to the Trademark Church Podcast. If this message inspired you today, feel free to share with friends, leave a rating, and subscribe so you don't miss any of our weekly messages. This podcast and everything that we do at Trademark Church is only possible because of the generosity of those that call Trademark Church home. If you would like to give to the work that God is doing through Trademark, please visit trademark.church. Thanks again for checking out the podcast, and we'll see you soon.